all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome. Know we had to start off this good Friday with some good nip, man. Recipes, nip. Nip was laid to rest yesterday, man. Beautiful service. If you didn't see it, and I'm pretty sure you saw the uh, the clips from everybody who spoke and saying, man, it was it was a good service, good home, good service for him. going home, going service for him, man. So shout out to Nip, rest in peace. Um, but so we had to start the show off with that, man. But welcome to episode 28 of Electrified. I'm your host, Eric Lyons. It is indeed, it is indeed Friday. We made it, ladies and gentlemen. We made it. It's just you know, the students, the everybody been at work, man. Made it to the weekend. Thank God for Friday, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday, and um, it's been a been an interesting week since Monday. Since I last spoke to you on Monday, um, got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about today. A lot to get into. Uh, I was right about the NCAA championship. Shout out to Virginia. I'm going worse to first. Want to talk about that because that is that is a very very crazy comeback turnaround for them in one season after what happened to them last year in the tournament. So we got that to get through. We got boxing tonight this weekend. Uh, we talk about playoffs starting tomorrow. Uh, I want to talk about the Lakers drama. Hey man, listen, just know it's a lot on the docket today. A lot on the docket today, and I don't know where I want to start just yet. So. I think we should start with Antonio Brown and Little Juju. Listen, man. I thought this was nipped in a bud. I thought this was all over with. But I was dead wrong. So I, I think we should start there. All right. So Monday, you know, AB had posted, um, you know, the tweets. We talked about the tweets on Monday. But then after that, it turned into um, AB posted the some messages between uh, him and Juju from like years ago. Juju and DM'd him and everything. And listen, man, I I just don't understand. I just don't get it. I I really don't get it. Like what what are you trying to prove at this point? You're just making yourself look bad. You make yourself look bad, and it's just you know for everybody who defended you. It's making them look bad. Like, I feel bad. I feel bad. I really feel bad for defending you and standing up for you as far as you and the, and the Steelers organization and what happened with AB. I, I mean, uh, what happened with Big Ben. I just think now it's, you're starting to look like the problem. You know, Juju did nothing but respect you, man. People tweeted out clips of Juju uh, just giving you mad props. And then f- the, the, the only clip that matters is when Vontae Burfitt laid you out in that playoff game and Juju returned the favor for you and your honor because, you know, that's that's your teammate, that's your brother, that's that's the man you put your life on the line with on that field. And, and, and for you to turn around and trash him on social media like that is just distasteful, it's disrespectful, and I just don't understand it. You know what I mean? And, you know, when, when I talked about Big Ben going to the radio stations and and calling you out and making you look like the bad guy. Okay, should Big Ben have done that? 
Mm, no. But now does it look like ben, Big Ben has some reason to? Absolutely. Because, you know, now it's just starting to seem like you really were the problem. Like guys like Ryan Grant, who have been saying it was you the whole time. Now they're not starting to look so jealous and crazy anymore. Now they're starting to look like, hey, I told you so. A.B., I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what drove you to uh, call Juju out for no reason. I don't know why you got to flex on the gram and on Twitter. It's guys like Eric Weddle have said they don't bang with you no more. Like, guys are starting to see, you, bro, you're funny in the light. In the light, you're looking funny. Even Bell. Even Bell, you know, had a little something, a little shade thrown your way. You know, I don't care how much money you make, how many balls you catch, how many yards you get, how many touchdowns you score. If you can't get right as a man, what you do on the field don't matter to me, man. It doesn't. It doesn't. If if you're not a good man, good human being, stand-up guy, that, that, what you do on the field don't mean nothing to me. You can't be a clown, man. You can't be a clown. You can't be a clown. And it's just like, I just don't get it. I know we live in a social media era. This is this is the era we live in. But to take stuff like that to social media at your big age is just crazy. You're a grown man, A.B. Grown man. You got millions of dollars talking bad about a guy who was genuinely happy for you when you got traded, got your new contract. And this is how you repay him. By trashing him on social media. Now, this is the type of stuff that comes back on you. This type of stuff that comes back on you. You know, I'm not talking like, you know, injuries, but, hey, if you don't have a good season and this little uh, Raiders experiment don't work out for you, remember how you acted in April when December comes and y'all on the verge of going 4 and 12, 5 and 11. Remember how you acted in April. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. And I didn't, I didn't really want to spend a lot of time on this because I thought it was nipped in the bud. I didn't think we needed to talk about it any further. But AB just wouldn't give it up, and you know, I I just didn't didn't think any of it was funny. I didn't think it was cool. You know, I just I just I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, but there's a lot of drama going on in the NFL though. A lot of drama. A lot of drama, and you know. If we're going to stay on the drama path, we might as well go ahead and get into Rodgers and what's going on, uh, his response to uh, that uh, article we broke down last week. So we might as well go ahead and get into that. Oh, excuse me, on Monday. Might as well go ahead and get into that as, into that as well. Uh, earlier this week, Mr. Aaron Rodgers went on the World and Taj show, which is an ESPN radio show based in Wisconsin. Uh, those two are Two good guys out there, man. I, I, I've listened to that show a couple of times. Uh, you know, they cover Green Bay Packers as well. So I've, I've, I'm familiar with them. So And Rodgers has been on there before. So he was on there this week. And, of course, he had to dress the elephant in the room, which is that uh, now infamous article written by the author on Bleacher Report about everything that allegedly was going on in Green Bay and with all of the unnamed sources talking about Rodgers and everything. So so since then, we, we've heard a lot of people with a lot of different opinions, and we've heard guys who've never even played with Rodgers, such as Marcus Spears, run their mouth about Rodgers. And it's been a long week for uh, Green Bay Packers fans like myself. It has. Um, and I'm sure it's been frustrating for Rodgers and Mark Murphy and Guys like Devontae Adams, because at 12, um, 17 was pissed. 17 was pissed. 
17 was just like, you know, he does, he, he's not trying to be a celebrity and doesn't do all the mess. But, you know, when they're talking about his quarterback, then yeah, he, he's going to stand up for him. And he, and he did. So I, I appreciated that. I like to see that. And um, so Rodgers went on there and he addressed early. He, the first thing he addressed was the Mark Murphy conversation. So he says that the day they were going to hire, I think the day they hired LaFleur, they called, uh, Goody called Rodgers and told Rodgers to call LaFleur. And him and LaFleur had a nice long conversation and uh, he called Goody back. And, oh, for those of you not familiar, I'm sorry. Uh, Goody is Brian <laughs> Gutekunst. Uh, uh, Pax Jim, if you didn't know that, and uh, so that that happened, and that that went well. So that that's what's being said, okay? That's what's being said from Rogers himself. He talked to Goody, and he talked to Lafleur. Now people were saying even before, uh, you know when when you know when Lafleur was hired, they were saying that Rogers and Lafleur didn't talk. Oh, they're all to a bad start already, with with no proof. Rogers himself said he talked to LaFleur and has talked to LaFleur since then. But of course, it can't be X's and O's because that's against the rules. But they've talked. So clearly, they've, you know, he said he heard good things about him from Ryan and some of the guys. Uh, and Ryan isn't Matt Ryan because uh, Matt LaFleur was the QB coach that year the, the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. So he's heard good things about him from him and the Titans players. So Rogers is excited about this. I think the narrative was that people were trying to make it seem like LaFleur is so young that. Rogers wouldn't respect him, and I don't. I don't believe that. You know, Rogers himself says, you know, respect is earned, and I think Lafleur is going to get Rogers respect, and I just think they're going to have a dynamic relationship. Uh, Rogers, they're around the same age, and it's different. It's going to be different. I'm not going to say it's going to be the Sean McVay effect. Being as though Sean McVay is so young, but Jared Goff is a young quarterback, so that worked. Now we're we're going to get to see a young coach and a quarterback who's not so young. That's going to be interesting. And I really do think these guys that have a lot of success, um, um, uh, straying away from the inter interview with Roger, we'll get back to that. Brett Favre said uh, that he was surprised that him, he said that he was surprised that Mike McCarthy wasn't successful as a head coach of the Green Bay Packers because Rogers is a quarterback. He says Rogers is the best player in the game. That Simple as that. The gunslinger himself says this. Rogers is the best player in the game. Simple as that. And, you know, uh, Favre said he's really at the stage now where I was when he came to Green Bay. And now he sees sort of why I did the things that I did and was more reclusive than younger players. Now, I don't agree. I, I didn't like how Favre handled that. I can understand. It was, you know, Favre felt like that was his team and they were getting him out of there, which they were. But, you know, him and Rodgers had their riffs, but, you know, they, they, they're good and that's good. But, you know, he says that there were a lot of daggers being thrown both ways, you know, between him and Green Bay. And, you know, he doesn't want that for Rodgers. And he says that now that the floor is the head coach, he thinks that any coach that will attempt to, uh, to coach him has to tread lightly because you don't want to take away what he does so well, which is a lot of things and handcuff him. So basically, there's a lot of potential between, you know, him and LaFleur. But LaFleur has to just let Rodgers be Rodgers. That's just facts. You got to let Rodgers be Rodgers because Rodgers is who he is. And, you know, he does some things in the game that coaches don't don't coach. And that's not the play. 
you know, so Rogers is going to be Rogers. Now, back to what Rogers was saying, as far as the article disputing, uh, disputing the article, he said it was basically a smear campaign uh, with irrelevant players' opinions that weren't even facts. And those irrelevant, well, you know who he's talking about. Finley and uh, Greg Jennings. I'm not even going to spend time on Greg Jennings' rebuttal to that because it doesn't matter at this point. Roger said what he said. It's a wrap. You know what I mean? Um, and he, he also talked about his relationship with the younger receivers, how, you know, n- everything that he does is nothing is disrespectful. Um, you know, whether it was uh, MVS or EQ or Jake Kumaro, he says, you know, those guys – learned a lot last season and they grew and he thinks, you know, guys like Devontae Adams are great leaders. And, you know, he just echoes what Adams says. And Rogers has said, you know, his leadership, his style is his style. Simple as that. His style is his style. And, um, you know, he just was like, the article was just nothing. None of it was true. Now, the most interesting thing that he said from what I listened to, because I was actually just listening to it, you know, before I was recording. So I wanted to get started, but but I, I, I probably will go back and go and listen to the whole thing because it was interesting. Listen, but he did say if he didn't like Mike McCarthy that much, why would he resign? Knowing that if they play well, if he does good and the Packers keep winning, you know, say the Packers get back to the playoffs. Because this is the thing. This is this is what I said when they fired McCarthy. I said this to myself. I said if the season went well and the Packers go back to the playoffs, McCarthy's still the head coach. Nothing changes. Everybody's still where they are. And that's just the truth. Because I think the Packers just felt like it was working all those years. But when we seen Rodgers go down, we saw the truth. I think that's what happened. The Packers got exposed when Rodgers went down. And, and you know, everything, the levees broke when Rodgers went down. That's what happened. That season, Rodgers went down, the levees broke. We saw the worst of the Packers in the Rodgers era and we in the McCarthy Rodgers era, we saw how bad it could get. And when 2018 came and Rodgers uh, had his second injury and then the season just went bad, then it was just like more of what we saw in 17. So it was like, okay, Mark's just, Martin Goody is like, well, okay, we got to get this guy out of here and everybody out of here. So that's what happened. New staff. Now we see. Um, so Rodgers is like, you know, if I didn't like him that much, why would I resign? Is the money that important to me? He said, I think not. The quality of living is. And I believe that Rogers has never been, you know, I haven't seen him as the money guy. You know, he just got his money. He well deserved. But I've never seen Rogers in the media or on social media or, you know, saying that I want more money. I deserve this. I don't, he, he He's just not that type of guy to me. Um, So I appreciate him saying that because that makes sense. If Rodgers resigns, he knows that if they play well, he's with McCarthy the rest of his career. So, I last on Monday I took the the uh, the article for face value, and you know I, that's why I reacted that way. But like I said, we had to take it before I started my rant. I just said you know we got to take everything with a grain of salt because there's always multiple versions of the truth. And we hadn't heard anything from Rogers and Mark Murphy, Mark Murphy yet. And I honestly didn't even think Rogers was going to respond. But the way, like he said, usually things like this, you know, he would let slide, sweep it on the rug. But he was like, one of these, and overlook it. But he was just like, one, this, this thing was so big, you know, he couldn't. So I'm glad he spoke on it. I'm glad he nipped it in the bud. And I honestly think the more the media talks about this, the more guys talk about this, it's just going to fuel him. 
It's going to fuel him and the Packers. These guys are already hungry. We got a new coach. They got a new coach, new coaching staff. These guys are ready to win now. Like Rogers said, you know, there's no grace period for them. It's time to win now. And I truly believe that if the Packers can use this to their advantage, get mad, stay mad. Rogers himself. Rogers plays pissed off this season. Every defense that the Packers plays should be scared, bro. Everybody should be scared because 12 is coming. 12 is coming. And what that means is winter is coming. Y'all know, y'all know how he act, man. Y'all know how he act. So um thing is, man, the article was nasty. It was nasty when I read it. It was nasty to talk about. And I'm just ready for all that to be over. You know, I'm I'm ready for the season to start. But um you know, it was interesting to listen, interesting to read, and I just think, you know, guys need to just stop talking about that man, okay? You know who you are, Finley, Greg Jennings. Guys who've never even played with that guy, like, let it go, man. Let it go. Let it go. Um, I was going to jump into the uh, events that took place in NBA this week, but I would like, since we're, you know, we two straight NFL segments, I, I guess we'll stay in NFL. But I did want to get into something that's, you know, off the field, but has something to do with the... Uh, I want to talk about the Rams' new stadium. Okay, we all know the Rams are in L.A., and they're moving. They're, they're, they're building a big new stadium, state-of-the-art stadium in Inglewood. Um, if you're not familiar with the Inglewood area, it's, it's a, uh, an African-American area. Black people live there. Um, this... this, this <laughs> neighborhood this town has been around for a long long time and seen a lot of things um shootings and you know the lakers leaving this, this town has been through a lot so now they're getting this the stadium for the rams and Chargers. you know brand new right 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 like just it's just right there like it's right there and it's so crazy to me how something that's supposed to bring in so much money is hurting the community in in a in a really bad way and it, it's not looking good it's not looking good at all and um you know these these people are threatened by this this new development listen to this this is a story uh by an uh an la local news station so an inglewood mother who lives five who lives next door to the new L.A. Rams and Chargers Stadium and Entertainment Complex, received a notice that the monthly rent on her two-bedroom apartment was spiked from $1,145 to $2,725. So you would think that, okay, rent's getting doubled. Maybe, you know, something's in it for us. Maybe they're going to do, you know, renovations. There are no renovations being made. And this is like short notice. So it's either... You got the money now, or you don't. And here's the thing. Another story. Here's another story before I even get into, you know, get into the, you know, what I was going to say. Englewood will soon be the home of the Rams and Chargers, but astronomical rent increases and a lack of affordable new housing likely mean that Englewood will no longer be one of California's last black enclaves. Um, so this man, his rent went from for a one-bedroom apartment, went from 800 and some change to almost $1,500, right? So he was forced to move in with his sister. He's been there for, I think the article says, since the 70s. That's ridiculous. It's sickening. 
it's sickening. So, so it's either you have the money now, and if you don't, you got to go. Or if you have the money, you say you have the money to keep afloat for a couple of months, maybe a year. But when you can't, then you got to go. So you didn't gave up all this money trying to stay afloat. And they're going to it's like they're going to get you out of there eventually. Either way, they're going to get you out of there. And no help. And it's just like they're not helping. There's nowhere else for them to go. So they're just forcing them out. This is one of the worst cases of gentrification I've seen. I could care less about the stadium. I could care less about, you know, what they're doing. It's just that they're harming people directly, directly harming people. Doubling rent without notice and you're not even going to do anything. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to get everybody out so they can then they might rebuild, do some renovations to the complexes and stuff. Or they'll knock all of that down and put a Starbucks, a Chipotle, or a Five Guys, something like that, to satisfy the newcomers. And you know what I'm talking about when I say the newcomers. Okay, I'm just making sure everybody's on the same page, same chapter, and same step, and same paragraph. Because y'all know what I'm talking about. It's crazy. You know, they're pushing these people out with little to no uh, notice. No regard for what they're doing. They're just doing it. And I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair at all. You know, these these people don't deserve this, especially for a team who's probably not going to win anything anytime soon. That's just sad. It's sad, and I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel bad for the people. My heart goes out to them, man. I, I, I just don't like it. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair, man. These people didn't ask for this. Who asked for a stadium in their backyard? No, I I really don't. If if there was some type of public vote, I don't think it was that close. I mean, I think it was was probably pretty close if if it did come down to a public vote. And I would be surprised if it did come down to a public vote. People would have probably said no. And if it did, they maybe didn't tell them everything. Like, I could see it going down like this. Who wants a stadium in the, uh, you get a new stadium, jobs. Uh, Plaza, blah, blah, blah. They gave them everything. Didn't tell them the fine print, the back end of it. Oh, yeah, we jacking up rent. And if you don't got it, get out. Simple as that. I'm pretty sure they didn't tell these people that. No way. No way. And if they and if it did go down like that, it's dirty. And if they didn't have a vote and they just doing it, it's even dirtier. It's disgusting. And I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I wish... I wish this this got the attention of some Rams players. Maybe they can help. Maybe they can help. And I would like to see if we can all maybe start a GoFundMe for some of these people or something, man. Because it's just not fair. These people don't. These people don't even. These people don't play football. They're not. They're not working at this. They're not going to the stadium uh, every uh, Sunday or Thursday or you know whatever the Rams. They're not on the Rams. They just live here. They live there. It's not their fault. And y'all gonna jack up their their living conditions, their living cost of living because of a stadium in their backyard. That's not even their fault. They might not even go to the games. They might not even be Rams fans. And y'all gonna jack their 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 run up like that. <sighs> listen, listen, man. I I just I just didn't think that was that was fair. And you know, I saw it. I said, oh, I had to talk about this. I I just I could not talk about it because a lot of I feel like more people should be talking about it. It's just not fair. Um, so yeah, man, my heart goes out to the people 
in Inglewood, and um, it's just sad, man. Just sad. Okay, let's talk about Tuesday, April 9th, 2019. One of the wildest nights in NBA history. Okay, here's, here's the summary of what happened. So Magic quit, stepped down as the Lakers president. D-Wade dropped 30 in his last game in Miami, also with the W. Dirk announced his retirement, dropped 30, and got the dub. Jamal Crawford got became the oldest player to drop 50 points. PG-13 had a crazy game winner over the Rockets, and the, and the Lakers lose at a buzzer beater to the uh, Trailblazers. It was crazy. It was crazy. Um... I want to start with D-Wade and Dirk, two of the greatest of all time. D-Wade, Dirk, greatest shooting guard of all time. These these guys, man, I'm, I'm so happy to see them go out on their own terms, even though I feel like y'all forced Dirk to retire because I don't think Dirk was ready to go. But they they retired last night. You know, it was their last games, and um, Tuesday was their last home games, and I, I'm just glad to see these guys go out on top. You know, D-Wade's one of my favorite players ever. And um, I was really sad. I was actually, you know, moved to tears, man. I was moved to tears on his last, uh, his last couple of games. You know, these last couple of nights, and um, happy to see him happy and healthy, and got to go out on his own terms. The same with uh, Dirk, man. He was moved to tears last night with the tribute video. And um, it's truly, you know, one of the end of an era, uh, one of the ends to an era. And uh, it's crazy to see, you know, guys that were you know, in their prime and, you know, still ruling the league when you were a kid starting to retire, that's that's when you know you're getting old as well, you know, and it's just like, wow, time is flying. Uh, so that was crazy for me to see. A shout out to Dirk, D-Wade, and oh, man, Brooklyn, Brooklyn was on fire last night, man. Miami either traveled well or everybody was just banging with the heat last night. It was a, it was a let's go heat chance, and of course I enjoyed the Paul Pierce sucks chance, but uh, Wade ended his career last night with a triple-double, and I believe that was his first triple-double since 2011, and his last assist with the uh, Udonis Haslam, and that just made so much sense, and uh, it was it was a great night, man. Uh, the Banana Boat crew was there, Mike Miller was there, Robert Kraft was there, was there. It was it was a good night for Wade, and you know his last home game was even better. Uh, I, I enjoy both, even though, you know, the Heat lost last night. But uh, that's just a testament to the, the Nets are here. Nets are here. We're going to talk about them when we get to the playoffs. Uh, staying in, in line with uh, April 9th, Magic said, you know, it's crazy. You know, they talking about next year. And I'm just like, I'm not going to be here. That's that's exactly what that man said. I'm not going to be here. My man said, I'm not going to be here. He said, I don't know who told you, but uh, I... Boy ain't checking in. Alright? I'm stepping down. I'm out of here. You know? Shout out to Bus and all of them, but I'm out. Listen. Magic did what he could do. Alright? It, it's just some things going on in LA that I can't even put a grasp on. It's it's a lot going on. And I'm not even going to put it on the LeBron effect. I just think this was a mess before LeBron got there. I think, you know, they had a lot of things to fix and now, I don't even know how their summer's going to go because I don't think anybody wants to go out there in that mess. Honestly. Honestly. And, um, you know, the future of the Lakers is an interesting thing to talk about because they, it's a young team in LeBron. 
And who knows what's next for him? Honestly, is his is he secure there now? You know, we heard that you know there were talks of trading him at the deadline. You know, we heard that. Now could that become a react? Hey, who knows, man? Who knows? Who knows? But I just know. I think the gun just got too hot for Magic. I think you know he went on this mission, and this gun got way too hot. And he was like, I'm out of here. Simple as that. I'm gone. I'm gone. Just like that. He gone. Um, so, yeah, man, that, that was crazy. So, you know, the NBA season, the regular season has wrapped up. Uh, shout out to Westbrook. Once again, triple-double king. Tied Magic second all-time. Um, you know, these, these guys are hooping. So, let's get into the playoffs, which start tomorrow. And uh, let's get into some of these matchups. So let me pull up the uh, the bracket. Da 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 da. I just was looking at. The- All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. So boom. Here's what we got. All right. Y'all ready? Here's what we got. So we got the Warriors versus the Clippers, Nuggets versus the Spurs, Blazers versus the Thunder, Rockets versus the Jazz. That's the West. And then in the East, we got the Bucks and the Pistons, the Raptors and the Magic. The Sixers and the Nets and the Celtics and the Pacers. Now, looking at these matchups on paper, the most interesting matchup in the West has to be the Rockets and the Jazz. This is going to be a close game. I mean, close uh, series. Closer than people think. I think the Jazz could put up a fight. I'm not saying they're going to win this series, but the Jazz could definitely show up. They're not going to lay down. Donovan Mitchell, I wouldn't put anything past them, man. Cal Culver's out there. Listen, listen. This Jazz team has some potential to make some noise. And, hey, could ruin a lot of people's championship predictions. That's all I'm saying. Um, I think that that uh, that Nets and Sixers series is going to be great as well. I think this, the, the, the Nets have turned their seat, turned their franchise around, and I put it all, all on my most improved player of the year, um, Mr. D'Angelo Russell. That, that guy's been balling out been balling out and you know a lot of that is on him but that team is good on good as well and I think they they're going to give the Sixers a run for their money because I don't think the Sixers are that good but I think they're going to give the Sixers a run for the money and possible come out of that come out of that series with the win honestly honestly um another series that I'm looking at in the west it's, of course, the Blazers and the Thunder. Uh, you know, I'm Dame time. You know, he's going to do what he can do. But I, I, I'm I, not even going to give them two games, honestly. I got I got the Thunder in five, if that. Um, the Nuggets. The Nuggets and Spurs should be a cool series. We'll see how the Spurs do in the playoffs. But I, I don't know. I think the Nuggets might be too much for them. But we'll see. Um... Oh, the Celtics and Pacers. I'm a Kyrie guy. Listen, the teams I'm riding with, the teams I'm riding with in the East, I'm riding with the Celtics in the East. I really like the Celtics, but I think the Raptors have the best chance of coming out the East. And as far as the West goes, I'm riding with the Thunder, man. I'm riding with the Thunder. I really think the Thunder can beat the Warriors. I think if it's in, if it comes down to it, I think the Thunder have the best chance. I'm not even going to listen. The Rockets are a regular season team. I will say this until they show me different. The Rockets can have a great regular season, but when they get to the playoffs, they fold like origami. All right. Last year, Paul uh, CP3, I really don't think he was that hurt enough to where he couldn't get in and try to finish that series. He could have popped some perks and got right on the court. 
Perk Paul is what we need, and Perk Paul is not what we got. We got Harden, went out there and died on his sword, and the Warriors advanced. Um, until I see different, the Rockets are a regular season team. They remind me of the Bengals, the Marvin Lewis Bengals. Um, they just, they look so good, you know, promising in the regular season. Then they get there, they get to the playoffs and forget what the uh, football or basketball is. And they just, they get there and they fold. Um, I, I just don't see the Rockets coming out the West. And I surely don't see them beating the Warriors in the seven game series. Uh, just because you take a team to seven, like I like I had somebody say that okay, who who else took the Warriors to seven? Okay, just because you took them to seven, what happened? What happened? Who won? The Warriors. Who took the Warriors to seven and won? LeBron James. All right, that's not important. All right, um, <laughs> with the playoffs start tomorrow, man, I'm excited. You know, playoff basketball starts this weekend, but not only are we getting basketball this weekend, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting boxing. So let's talk a little boxing. Okay, so tonight we got Vasily Lomachenko. He's getting back in the ring. And I'm excited about this fight. It's on ESPN Plus. So you can get yourself an ESPN Plus 7-day trial. Then cancel it after the fight. Because that's what I'm going to do. Because that's how you finesse. finesse excuse me. But uh, Vasily Lomachenko uh, fights tonight against... Anthony Krola, uh, it's going to be a good one. I, you know, I already, you already know who I'm riding with. I'm riding with uh, Lomachenko and, you know, the weigh-in was yesterday. They both look good. They look to be in good shape. But I, I just, you know, you guys know who I, you know, Lomachenko's my guy. And uh, But tonight, you know, the belt's on the line and this is the, his uh, mandatory challenger. And, you know, it should be a good one. He's a big fa- He's a big favorite. And, um... No, but we're not sleeping on Corolla. Not going to sleep on Corolla at all. Uh, but it, it should be a good fight in a uh, lightweight division. So we'll, we'll get ready to see that. And then tomorrow night on Showtime, also for the free ski. Showtime is putting on a nice little card. We got the main event. We got Christina Hammer versus Clarissa Shields. Two undefeated women. Two undefeated women. All the belts on the line. I'm going to say this again. Two undefeated women. All the belts on the line. All right, let me tell you something. When I talked uh, a couple weeks ago on uh, Champside, I said how women's boxing is so far behind because I feel like the way... Okay, okay, UFC. We know Ronda Rousey, Amanda Nunes, Cyborg. uh, Who else? Who else? Who who was the girl that beat Ronda? Y'all know what I'm talking about. We know these women because they're handled well. Dana White makes sure these women are put on, if not, you know, the same level or even higher than the men. You know what I mean? He makes sure that we know who they are. They get good fights. They're on good cards and they're, they're getting paid. Women, Women's boxing, they're not getting paid well. They're barely making any money, to be honest with you. You know, it's hard for them, harder for them to get sponsorships because it's just different. It's just different. And I really think Clarissa Shields or Hammer have potential to be Nike signees, Under Armour signees, Adidas signees. I just don't understand why nobody's jumped in. I, and I just think boxing is really different because you got to think. And boxing, it's not really a union. You know, it's who you're with, promoters, and, you know, who's your manager. So it's like on them to get you out there. And I feel like they're not doing a good job of that with the women. As far like compared to the men, 
Because you go, you got your men, you know, you see all types of sponsorships on their trunks, like Hublot, Gucci, Hell Fashion Over, um, Nike, all those big, big, like other big names, and it's different for the women. So I think Saturday night, tomorrow night is very important. I, I really want you guys to tune into this fight. I hope everybody watches, enjoys this fight because somebody's going to sleep. And if that's what you like, buy. If you're a casual fan, then you want somebody to go to sleep. Somebody's going to go to sleep in this fight. These two women can fight. I've seen them both fight before. Um, honestly, I think. It's going to be an upset. I think Christina Hammer can beat Shields. I think she's going to beat Shields. Uh, Shields looked like she got exposed last fight when she got knocked down. I think that Christina Hammer has a lot of power. And I think that type of power will affect her more than what happened to her in her last fight. So we'll see. I'm not counting Shields out because Shields is a great fighter. And also, I think that Hammer's experience is going to come into play as well. Uh, Hammer's been fighting much longer than Shields. Been a pro longer than Shields. And I just think that that's going to be uh, something that Hatman's going to use to her advantage. Not taking anything away from Shields, but we will see. But uh, Christina Shields, I mean, excuse me, Christina uh, Hatman versus Clarissa Shields take place tomorrow live on Showtime. But on that undercard, we got Jerron Boots Ennis, uh, welterweight, up-and-coming up welterweight young guy. He, he's great. He's on the card. Uh, that's going to be a good fight. But tonight, we got Vasily Lomachenko and Anthony Kroler. Um, these guys, it's going to be a good one. And I'm looking to see how Loma is this fight. Because, you know, last fight, he was fresh off the surgery. He wasn't really himself. He did just enough to win the fight, you know, impressively in Loma's style. But it wasn't really what we're used to seeing Loma do. So tonight, I'm looking to see a more comfortable Loma, a more effective Loma, a more powerful Loma. I think that the shoulders healed up well enough to where he can use that right more. And, you know, do what he got to do, man. You know, y'all know what it is. It's the Matrix. It's it's no Mas. It's Lomachenko, all right? Y'all know the vibes. If you don't know the vibes, go on YouTube, check them out. All right? I might tweet a link on the uh, Electrified Pod page. Hey, look. Just look out for some Loma highlights coming your way. I got y'all. If y'all know Loma, y'all gonna know Loma by the night. All right? Facts. Um, so, yeah, we got some good boxing this weekend. And uh, some good basketball coming our way this weekend. And um, I'm excited, man. I I'm, I'm very excited. And uh, I'm going to be tuned in. And I hope you guys tune in as well. Because boxing is alive and well. Um, Shout out to uh, the Virginia Cavaliers for becoming national champions. It's the same team that was eliminated by the UMBC Retrievers last year in the first round. And one of the... Uh, wildest upsets, probably one of the biggest upsets, if and not if not in sports history, uh, last year in the NCAA tournament. That was crazy, and then for them to turn around, come back, and win it all is crazy. Uh, shout out to Cal Guy, like I said, man, like I said, Cal Guy in the clutch, in the clutch, but uh, yeah, shout out to them boys. Then a lot of you know, I have to let a lot of guys declare for the draft, and three of my Michigan men, three of my Michigan boys, uh, declare for the draft, Iggy. Poole, Matthews, I wish you guys the best. Iggy, wherever you go, brother, I'm getting a jersey. I promise I'm getting a jersey. Wherever you go, I'm getting a jersey, Iggy. I appreciate your season at, at Big Blue, man. I wish you best of luck. Uh, I hope you go and, and be as, success, as, as successful, if not more, at the next level, man. Big time fan of Iggy, wherever he goes. Um, yeah, so shout out to them. 
Um, you know, I, I think, I think that's it. I think that's all I got for you guys. Uh, I know you guys probably don't care about the NHL playoffs, so I'm not even going to waste my breath. Not even going to waste my breath. Go Pens, man. Go Pens. Been a Pens fan since middle school. You know the vibes. Um, so it's Friday. You know, this weekend we got basketball and we got boxing. All right? Basketball and boxing. Also, can somebody please tell me how Chris Davis is still in the, in the, in the ML, MLB? Please. How does Chris Davis still have a job? Orioles fans, get back to me. I would love to. I'm going to ask this. How does Chris Davis still has a job in the Major League Baseball? Hey, hey, somebody need to help that man. What's that? What? 53 straight? straight no hits? No hits on 53 at bats. Straight. This league goes back to last season. That's a damn shame. That's what that is. Mm, tragic. Couldn't be me. Um, <laughs> um, I, yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. So thank you guys for listening. I uh, hope you all continue to support, man. Continue to show love. Make sure you follow the Instagram and Twitter at Electrified Pod. Once again, tag me if you listen or just hit me if you listen. Let me know if you liked it. I appreciate that, man. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Enjoy yourselves. Don't get into any trouble. Don't do anything that I wouldn't do. And I'll, I'll be back on Monday. I'll be back on Monday. So with that being said, man, I'm Eric Lyons, and you have just been Electrified.